Welcome to the NFL MVP Momentum Podcast. I'm Sam Holcroft, journal alongside Peyton Thompson. Before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Momentum MVP and follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. So today, we're not going to necessarily talk strictly about the NFL. We're going to talk about the XFL and the USFL, which is weird considering that this is an NFL podcast, but this is actually very interesting because we could view the XFL and USFL as a minor league system. You know, if you look at baseball, baseball is known for having multiple teams below their main organization. And there's like a hundred players in an organization when you only have 25 on a roster at any given time. Hockey, you have a minor league team. NBA, you have a G League team. All three of the other major sports in North America have some sort of minor league team. Now, there's only 16 teams combined in the XFL and USFL, eight in each. So we can't necessarily be like, hey, Atlanta, you're going to share with the Raiders and uh, your your minor league team is going to be Michigan Panthers. You know, it's, it's not going to work like that. But I could see it like being a stepping stone and like not necessarily a tryout, but I mean, you could kind of view it like that. Like, for example, a few years ago, uh, back when the XFL came back in 2020, P.J. Walker was the best quarterback in that league. And then what happened in 2021? He was able to sign a deal with the Carolina Panthers and actually was a starter for a while. You know, you had Kevontae Turpin, who was the best returner in the USFL last year. And he made the Cowboys roster strictly as a return man. So, P.T., how do you see the NFL utilizing the XFL and USFL? Yeah, I mean, going forward... I'm not exactly sure how much stock is going to be going into it as far as for, you know, the draft and, um, you know, um, I don't know, significant value positions. Um, but I think something you really got to talk about when you're when you're talking about the USFL and XFL is how much of a developmental league it can be for the guys that are going there um, as far as coming out of college or maybe, um, you know, taking a different route had something going on and then maybe they want to get back into it and they have the talent um, and, and the drive, but there just needs to be some kind of outlet because, you know, once guys are outside the age of college or, you know, they don't have that opportunity anymore, there's not really much wiggle room between going, you know, maybe somewhere else to play, you know, uh, overseas. Or if you get a tryout on the practice squad for the NFL, maybe you can go that route if you're lucky enough. But, you know, before, you know, XFL and USFL started, there wasn't really much developmental time for guys to to be able to not be on actual pro field and, and learn and uh you know nurture their talents so i think it's good in that respect um but yeah i definitely think for the nfl it's going to be a good scouting tool for for gms and coaches and teams to be able to look at guys from kind of an outside view from first and then be able to bring them in with not much risk um and kind of see you know if the eye test matches what they can do on the field and i think it'll be a good way for them to actually get their eyes on them uh, beforehand and not just kind of bring guys in prematurely that they don't know much about out of college. Yeah, and I think it, this is huge because, you know, they had the Canadian Football League, but you didn't see too many people go to the or come from the Canadian Football League. You know, you saw a lot of people like, I believe, uh, Chad Johnson or maybe even Terrell Owens went to the Canadian Football League once they're uh, once they really couldn't make an NFL roster. So it was more of kind of like a on the way out of your career kind of thing from the yeah. NFL, not necessarily getting into the NFL from the Canadian football league. But I mean, we've already had a few players kind of show like, Hey, if you do good here, you can make an NFL roster. But then there's also the flip side, you know, 
like, for example, AJ McCarron, he's been in the league for quite a while. He actually turned down some like backup slash practice squad opportunities to go play for the XFL. And look what he did. He just won the XFL MVP. So like it's a proving ground where, you know, because if you're in the NFL, if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you are on a roster, you are a top hundred quarterback in the world. Um, but if you're number 90, would you, would, are you really, you're not necessarily going to see the field. You might even be a practice squad guy, but you can go to the XFL and there's a good chance you're a starter. And that's what AJ McCarron did. He proved that he can still be a good quarterback. So maybe, you know, a team next year might want to try to sign this guy as a backup or maybe even like give him a chance to be a starter. Now, obviously the talent, uh, is still not as good as the NFL, but you know, if he stays in the XFL for one more year, has another great year, then teams might be like, all right, we can probably roll with this guy as our quarterback. He's been proving that he can dominate still. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's really big for just the overall exposure for athletes, you know, to be able to get uh, in, a, in a position where they can get meaningful minutes in games that matter um, and, you know, put up the kind of winning numbers that you want to see. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, I see it as kind of a stash investment for themselves. You know, it's kind of like you understand right now what your ceiling is, you know, uh, or, or I guess maybe more of what your floor is in the NFL. You know, you, you know, you're at least going to be a practice squad guy, um, but maybe you don't think that being there is going to really help you much in the future. But if you go somewhere else, like you mentioned, like the XFL, where you can be in meaningful minutes um, and look good, then maybe you can earn that chance to to be in that you know bigger position going forward and just because you get more you know exposure to that uh so yeah i definitely agree that that's that's definitely a big positive for the athletes yeah and now that i mean we're we've talked about athletes but let's talk about the game of football you know like there's some rules that the xfl has been implementing that you know i really like you know usfl for the most part kind of the same uh same rules as the nfl um is there anything that the NFL would like to maybe adapt from the XFL uh, or or USFL in, in terms of like maybe rules to, instead of just like, you know, I mean, we talked about players, but like just transforming the game to make it better, easier. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure because I feel like in a position like that where you have the ability to be able to make significant changes to the game that's been in such you know, I don't know, concrete foundation for so long, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, you know, because on one hand, you know, it could change things for the positive um, and, you know, really make the league better over time. Then on the other hand, it, it might come back to, to haunt you later if you if you run into other problems. So I definitely think more thing, you know, if nothing else, if nothing else that it impacts the NFL, I think it's it's interesting to just see how it happens and how, the rule changes kind of affect the game in different ways um, through the XFL. And, you know, you can at least, if you're, you know, in a high position to make power changes in the NFL, you can at least look at the XFL or the USFL and you can see, okay, this is what happens when they made this change. Is that what I want for the league? And, you know, obviously there's not just one person making those changes. It's kind of a voting board. But I think if kind of like what you said before with the exposure that, you know, them implementing rules that they deem, should be there 
um, the exposure to be able to look at that as concrete evidence and then maybe being able to apply that in the future, I think is what's going to be the foundation of maybe the ability to change rules going to the future. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of saw this with the MLB for the last few years where, you know, I mean, this year they implemented pitch clock, which made is making baseball games go so much faster. Uh, but they've had those league, those rules implemented in the minor leagues for quite a while just to kind of test it out. So I, that's why I feel like the USFL and the XFL could be kind of like little uh, kind of guinea pigs for rules that the NFL would like to implement. Like a rule that I really like that the XFL does is their kickoffs. You know, the return team is like, and the kicking team are five yards apart starting at, I think like the 30 and 35 yard line respectively. The kicker kicks it off. And then as soon as the return man gets it, then they then they engage. And I, I really like that. So, um, and uh, I mean, it limits kind of like big hits on, on kickoffs, you know, cause like, I mean, they've been doing great with being able to limit injuries on kickoffs. Cause at one time, you got injured more injuries happened on kickoffs than any other play, you know, about like eight years ago, but they've been making a lot of rules uh, since then to help kind of limit that. But we still see some really big hits, really bad injuries occur on kickoffs. So I like that one, but something that I really like that the XFL does is their replays. We finally get to like, listen to the person that is talking is like, okay, so this is what I'm seeing and like in giving an explanation other than, you know, us waiting for five minutes, like, Oh, what's going on. And they just go by so much quicker because one person's making that call and he's like, this is what I'm seeing. And then uh, explaining like, okay, so the call is going to stand because I can't, I can't see that he had maintained uh, possession of the ball or whatever. So I feel like that's something that the XFL or sorry, not XFL the NFL should be utilizing because I mean, especially with how close some games get and you got to replay a lot, but it's just like sometimes like when there's a definitive fumble, why are we like, why are we taking five, six minutes to, to figure that like, and I'm not, I'm not mad about it because I don't, I don't care about pace of play or whatever, but when something is like obvious, like the obvious, obvious ones, take 30 seconds to a minute but realistically no replay should last longer than three minutes yeah yeah i agree with you i definitely like that last rule that you talked about um you know being able to hear the refs and kind of what they're talking about um not only is it good for the game i think it's great for transparency you know for everyone listening and watching the game you know i think a big problem obviously in sports and i think most people would agree is you know whether refing itself is the problem or, or you know the narrative or you know kind of however you want to see, you know, the referees, the officiating problems being the issues. I think adding that, you know, form of transparency to be able to listen to the referees refereeing the game and kind of like you said, going through the steps, going through the process of what they're analyzing from the video, I think would add a more a lot more trust to the process um, from the from people watching um, from everywhere, you know, from on TV and in the stadium. Um, it'd be a lot be a lot harder to contradict the call from a, you know, a, a negative standpoint that way, if you're kind of walking through it that way. So I definitely agree with you there, but yeah, just like you said, um, you know, they're implementing rules on, you know, on a more minor league basis in different sports. So it's kind of, you know, you could definitely take lessons in that way um, from different sports in that way. I think 
also, I believe the NBA usually runs their, um, you know, temporary rule changes through the G League um, before as well. I don't remember exactly what rules went through there before. I, I know the challenge call, the one challenge per game call did. Um, and I know there's a couple more that I can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, I think think other big league sports showing you that you can do it on a, on a lower level, I think, is kind of all the proof you need. Um so, yeah, I definitely like some of the changes they've been making, especially that last one you mentioned, Sam. And I think that just something that it would be very beneficial would just also be getting more teams in the XFL and USFL. I mean, right now there's eight teams in each. So if we could just widen that talent pool, you know, and like, you know, a lot there's a lot of talent in college football that just frankly just never really get a good chance. Like A.J. McCarron, I mean, he never really got like a true shot to be – an NFL quarterback, in my opinion, you know, and I mean, he proved this year that he could still do it. I may not be at the highest level, but at, at least at the level that he was at. So I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what the XFL and USFL can turn into. Um, if the NFL decides to kind of adopt it as, as a minor league system. Yeah. And uh, another thing I was going to ask you as far as, um, you know, the, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because I think when you look at, you know, maybe the NBA versus I'm not exactly sure how hockey and baseball work, but, you know, like for the longest time, you know, guys were going to college because that was the only route, right? Until the G League came up and then you could start getting paid before you had to go to or before you were eligible to go to the NBA because they made the two year rule or the one year rule. You had to go to one year of college. Right. And so I know the same thing is for, um, football it's it's three years right you have to go you have to be three years there um so before the nil stuff started coming about and you know college players could start making some revenue that way i was kind of wondering you know do you think that it would have been an option for someone you know out of high school to go to a lower league like that and kind of dominate and then show that they still should be a, a high draft pick or do you think that would hurt their stock more so i mean because i think less now than before obviously because of the nil stuff um you know it's not really there's not much advantage to it anymore um but uh, you know yeah i believe that um i mean you're still not gonna make it in the usfl or xfl without going three years of college um okay. so i really think that um and plus I, I think that you still have to have three years in order to play football just because you know your mind and everything's still developing yeah. and all that and so it's a high contact sport really i feel like i mean you got to weigh your options especially if you're a college athlete playing football i mean if you can make more money doing nil and staying in college for your senior year because like even if you don't make the roster and let's say you don't even make a practice team are you going to make more money in the xfl or usfl if it's the same, then is it is it worth staying in for college one more year to maybe make it to the NFL for a good senior season? So yeah. that's kind of how I feel about that because I don't think that I don't think that your path your pathing I think logically is college straight to USFL or XFL and then to the NFL. I think it's more of NFL. Okay, didn't make it. I can be a practice squad or I can go over here. So that's, yeah. that's kind of how I think, uh, especially putting myself in the shoes of a, a college athlete with NIL. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting 
that you brought that up though. So hypothetically, you know, let's say you are, you know, a red shirt junior, you can go back for one more year, go to your senior year. And then let's say, you know, people are your agent or whoever is telling you, you know, you're probably not going to get drafted. You're probably going to get signed as a, as a squad player, or you're getting calls to go to the X, XFL. Um, you can do that. Um, and you know, you have the option to go back to the draft next year, but you can at least show um, that you are a high profile athlete. They can play against former NFL athletes. Do you think that would be a more realistic option? I think so. Just that, that extra year of uh, exposure, especially because I mean, if you had the, if you were already uh, getting calls like, Hey, is this guy going to be leaving? Cause like, we'll, we'd want him in the XFL or USFL. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm thinking of like a player like Adrian Martinez from Nebraska or yeah. in Kansas state uh, from last year, you know, he got drafted in the USFL draft, which was in February, I believe. Uh, but he just signed, uh, I think, with the uh, – might have been the Colts. I don't remember. As an uh, undrafted free agent. Um, it might have been another team. I don't remember. But, yeah. um, I mean, so that option, that door is still going to be open. But here's the thing is if, if you were already getting those calls as a, as a junior, as a senior, you might be able to get drafted. And I, I feel like I would rather – even if I'm projected the sixth or seventh round, I'd rather get drafted in the NFL than leave early and be a starter on an XFL or USFL team potentially. If the goal is to play in the NFL, now if you just if you just want to play football, by all means, go ahead, go play in the XFL USFL because you can you can work your way out of there. But it kind of depends on how much you think your drive can push you. If you think that you can climb out of the USFL and XFL, even though they haven't been around too long, there hasn't been a lot of players to be able to do that. But I think in the coming future, we'll know whether or not, like, if the NFL is actually looking at those games, looking at those tapes or not. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess I really didn't think about how if you are, if you even have the chance to be a seventh rounder, right, you can go to the draft or you can expect to maybe get drafted. And if you don't get drafted, then that's fine. And you, and if you don't get signed, that's fine. You can go then at that point play the XFL or the SFL. They'll take you at that point, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think we the kind of the structure you brought up made a lot of sense. So that wraps up our conversation of the XFL and USFL potentially becoming a minor league for the NFL. Um, I'm excited to see what these leagues can do. The I feel like I think it's the first and or inaugural uh, championship of the reemergence of the XFL is this Sunday. The USFL is already halfway through. So if you ever have the opportunity to watch some games, they're, they're actually kind of fun to watch, you know, especially when it's the off season of football right now, baseball's, I mean, kicking in the high swing, uh, hockey and basketball are in playoffs. But if, if you're not a fan of any of those sports, I mean, there's, there's football on and it's always fun to watch football. Yeah. hundred percent. But once again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MomentumMVP and follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. I've been Sam Holcroft. I've been Peyton Thompson. Thanks for listening.